Choreographer Ray Mercer is a native of Omaha, Nebraska, and is currently in his 16th year performing in Disney's The Lion King on Broadway. While some might see this as a means to an end, Ray counts it as a blessing, a path that provides him with access to talent and mentors who make him better at what he does. The recipient of Joffrey Ballet's Choreographers of Color Award and a Capizio Ace Awards finalist, Ray has created work for Ailey 2, Giordano Dance Chicago, Dallas Black Dance Theater, and Philodenko, among others. His is the story of a Midwest boy who dreamed big, and whose light and optimism shine as bright today as when he took his first dance class. I'm Nick Kepley, and this is In Step. So, Ray, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nick. Thanks yeah. for having me. Um, and uh, the first question that I usually like to start with is just how did dance find its way into your life? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Um, I, I really, I guess, in a dancer's span, I, I, I kind of started late. I started at 17. I, I was 17 years old when wow. I first got introduced to dance. I was um, a gymnast by trade and I was going on to a collegiate level and the summer right before I was leaving for college I took a ballet class and kind of fell in love with dance and so I kind of shift gears and trained when I was in college and you know through my I guess my gymnastic background it helped facilitate the dance part of it but I started kind of late I started when I was 17 like a senior in high school and I haven't left it since. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a farm boy. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, I did a year of college at the University of Nebraska, and then I transferred and got my degree down in New Orleans, University of New Orleans. From there, um, I moved to Chicago, danced there for a little while, went back and forth. Um, from Chicago to New York, and eventually moved to New York and been here since. How old were you when you moved to the city? I was I'm trying to think. I was in Lion King, as a matter of fact. So I was in my 30s when I, when I moved into the city. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so you said you were doing gymnastics in college and, uh -huh. then, and then just took a yeah, ballet uh, class? Okay. Yeah, I took a ballet class. Um, I'll never forget it. It was a, a small studio in Omaha and a friend of mine had invited me to go she was a really good friend of mine and she her name was Mary Wall Taylor and she owned a studio about probably about 45 minutes from where I lived but I drove there and and the funny thing was I was in a ballet class with um these little girls they were like seven or eight years old and here I was <laughs> this big old man at the ballet bar but it was something about her introduction to dance to me, you know, and she really kind of emphasized the physical um, aspect of dance. And, and it, you know, I was kind of attracted to it. So I stayed. Um, I did like a summer intensive-ish um, during the summer with her. And then once I transferred to college, I started finding dance class that were, you know, conducive to where I was and, you know, where as far as training-wise. And uh, what was the first company you danced with in Chicago? Um, in Chicago, I danced. My very first company was Deeply Rooted. Okay. It's a Deeply Rooted um, Dance Chicago. It was an amazing experience. Um, the artistic director is Kevin Jeff. And 
it really opened my eyes, not only as a dancer, but choreographically. I was so attracted to and drawn to his choreographic style. And I think it was at that point, dancing in the company, that I knew that I wanted to be a choreographer. Mm. You know, and the way he translated movement and his movement vocabulary and and how he connected the human experience to dance. And then when did you start to play around with that that um, desire to choreograph? Probably right then and there. I, I had a, a really good friend. She's here now. Um, she We met in 2000, and, and she was teaching classes, and she allowed me to come in and play around with some of the students there. She also was um, the dean of a dance department at a high school, and she let me set pieces on the high school students. And from there, you know, I taught at high schools and moved on to universities and colleges and then eventually to companies. You know, I think it's funny to look back on the work that you first were making. Oh you know, like, what was that like? To think about it now, um, I choreographed uh, a piece on this company in Detroit. It was a high school, Renaissance High School. And probably one of my first choreographic works, and it was called Nocturnal. And the only thing I was interested in it was tricks, 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 mm -hmm. tricks, tricks. And I look back at now, it was just one big, huge trick fest. Do this, do this, do this, do this. I guess it composition-wise, I was lacking quite composition-wise, mm -hmm. you know. And it wasn't until I started to develop, like, composition techniques and, you know, how to move dancers in and out transitionally. Um, storytelling is a huge thing for me, mm. you know. And I think that now, as a choreographer, I think the most important thing before anything else is that I'm able to tell a story, mm -hmm. you know, and I look back on early on, it wasn't that at all. Do you think that was Lion King, like being involved? Had um, theater been part of your growing oh up God. at all? I, yeah, I did. Funny you mentioned that too. I was in, in um, when I was in Nebraska, I, in, we always did like these summer um, theater programs. And I remember my very first show was um, Funny Girl. Oh. And I was a, a, a security guard or some of some sort. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was introduced to theater very early, probably in high school also. And I think, yeah, you asked the question about, you know, with Lion King being able to tell the story. I think that theater plays a huge role because of the fact that it, you know, it has an arc. And, you know, and, and choreographically, it's important to me that, it, you know, all my works have an arc, a beginning and end, a conflict. Mm -hmm. And I think that with the theater background, it helped facilitate my storytelling. So I'm going to ask you something that I know every person asks you, but oh. I'm going to ask it too. Okay. Ask me. Ask away. You have been The Lion King for 14 years. 16. Correct? Oh, 16. Oh, yep. I read an old <laughs> bio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... First of all, I want you to tell me the story of how you got that show, how that show came okay. into your life. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I remember I was in Chicago um, dancing with that company, Deeply Rooted, and they had an open call for dancers. And everybody, remember everybody in Chicago wanting to audition for it because it was for the national tour that was going to originate in Chicago. And went there and there were probably a hundred guys there. And... I danced, you know, we, we danced, and then they gave us a cut, and then we danced again, we were there all day, gave us another cut, and then, funny thing was, there's probably about five of us in the room from the hundred, 
And the last thing they asked me, what they asked the boys were, did anybody in the room tumble? Gymnastic background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And when I tell you, I must have flipped all around that, that <laughs> studio. And I think, you know, being versatile, you know, I, I tell students and dancers all the time, it's so important that you stick your fingers into everything because you never know when it's going to come up choreographically, audition wise, you know. So out of that audition, I was only, there was only two of us that they hired, wow. me and another guy. And we went on tour for, uh, I went on tour for a couple of years before they brought me to Broadway. Have yeah. you been doing the same track the whole time? The whole time. Wow. Giraffe track. Been doing wow. the draft track the whole 16 years. Oh, is it is it um, hyenas that you tumble in? Or? Yeah, okay. uh huh. Yep, I was hyenas. trying to remember. Yeah, where they're absolutely. Tumbling. Yep, okay. uh huh. It's during that, that um, and at the very end, and another time during the tricksters, I tumble. I tumble a lot in the show. Now that I think about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What was the process of going into the show like? Um, it was about nine weeks. We had nine weeks of rehearsals, and um, it was brand new for a lot of us. Most of the cast, it was a brand new cast. So we. Um, had nine weeks of rehearsal, dance and vocal, um, staging, blocking, all the stuff that goes into creating and, and putting a, a musical up. Um, because I had never walked on stilts before, we had, you know, we did that for a little while. Mm -hmm. But all in all, it's probably about nine weeks of rehearsals before we opened in Chicago. And what do you, what would you say is like the biggest lesson that you've learned working on a, a show for that long? Um, that's an easy question for me. The oh. first thing is the worth ethic and how important it is to your worth ethic. I've never would, Nick, I would never be able to do this for 16 years if I didn't have some type of work ethic. And I think that doing the show and what it requires on a daily basis, eight times a week, um, you have to have a certain amount of, a huge amount of discipline. And it's taught me to be able to, they say it all the time, there's people that have never seen the show before. It's brand new for you, for them. And you've been doing it for thousands and thousands of shows for me. And I just have to, you know, approach it like, you know, it's the very first show for a lot of people out there, mm -hmm. you know. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think the one lesson I've learned is that, it, you know, it's so important to have a strong worth ethic. It's going to get you a long way. The young dancers in rehearsal processes, um, longevity, you know, being able to sustain, you know, when you become a certain age. It, it really is important that you take your discipline very seriously and um, have a strong worth ethic. Have you, have you been interested in going into other shows or? You know, um, this is another joke that I always we me and the dancers always have at the Lion King. If you won't catch me with a number on my shirt, and if not in case I'm in the front of the room flipping resumes, you, I don't think I I really because of the Lion King, it's helped me, it's afforded me the opportunities to choreograph, mm -hmm. and you know, and I I think that's just where my wheelhouse is, you know, and I'm been I have access to beautiful dancers there I have access to lighting designers and 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 composers and and um, costumes and I'm probably the luckiest choreographer there is because mm -hmm. I have access to a whole lot of things that you know a lot of choreographers um, don't have I, that's why I always said that 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 experience with BDL was so unique in that you were afforded dancers and a space 
and very, very, very talented dancers in a space, and you're just able to create. Most choreographers do not get that. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. It is a very, it's, it's so hard, and mm -hmm. it's expensive. And trying to find a caliber of dancers all in the same room at the same time with no conflicts, it's virtually impossible. Yeah. So being at the Lion King, I kind of take advantage of take advantage of that. Yeah, we used to have when I was in Mary Poppins, we used to do um, like dance class um, or like combo class uh -huh. between shows on, uh -huh. on Saturdays. Uh -huh. I think on Saturdays. Uh -huh. Yeah, because you know you're doing the same show, like you're saying. And it helps, did not it? Yeah, yeah, it really helps. And um, I feel like some of the newsies used to come over sometimes uh -huh. too. And just, take class. Yeah, because you're like you get tired of kicking that same you, leg, that same leg <laughs> all the time. Yeah. It's that same leg, that same hamstring, that right. same knee. Yeah, yeah and it, it, you know, whenever you get an opportunity to do something else, you know, I encourage. You know, even people that are in shows now, whenever you get the opportunity to do anything else creative, take advantage of it because it makes it so much easier to come back to your job. Mm -hmm. It does mm -hmm. when you're doing other things. Right. Um, and, and speaking of those opportunities, I know that you've done a lot of choreography for Gypsy of the Year. Uh-huh. Will you explain what Gypsy of the Year is first for people that may not know and then okay. talk about that? Absolutely. Um, it's um, Broadway Cares, Equity Fight Aids. They do uh, a fundraiser every year in the fall. And all the companies, all the Broadway companies come together and they put on skips, dance numbers, you know, and they compete against each other. And I've been doing it for a very long time. And I had a conversation with Tom Viola a few uh, weeks, years back, and he said that I have won more than any other choreographer. Wow. Yeah. How many times have you won? seven or eight wow eight times wow. yeah and it's something that i i really hold passionate about i do it every year and you know and also the dancers get so excited because it's like you said it's you're able to do something other than the show and you're mm -hmm. able to rehearse for something other than the show and i it's one of my favorite organizations to work for you mm -hmm. know because it's such a good cause you know not only in our community, but outside of our community. So I try to every year make a point that I stick that on my schedule so I'm able to do it. And isn't there a certain percentage of the cast of The Lion King that's from Africa? Yeah, Is that right? Uh, yeah, a huge part of that. And uh, a percentage of the proceeds that, they, that we collect during the year um, goes to South Africa. Wow. For, yeah. What has that been like? It must be so interesting to meet all those people. Yeah, it, it just... I, you know, it's, it's amazing. You know, I think back now you kind of take advantage of them because they're there all the time, but you know, their experience and their approach to art is so it's because of their, they're so rich in culture, mm -hmm. you know, South Africa and, you know, for them to tell stories about where they grew up and how they got to the Lion King, it's really quite amazing. And, and it's such a part of them, the music and the dance, yes. right? So they, they're, they're right at home. Right. You know, it's, it's not anything foreign to them, you know what I mean? Because did you experience any kind of stigma, like, when you told your family that you were wanted to become a dancer? Or, your, or like, was there any resistance to that? I, you know, I don't know if... I've always been artistically inclined, okay. you, know, you know, and with the gymnastics and everything. I, I They were always really kind of supportive you know whenever I wanted to do the summer programs they were because I was the only artistic person in the family mm -hmm. you know what I mean and there goes that weird Ray doing his <laughs> yeah. weird things and you know they just kind of allowed me to be 
you know, who, and that's quite fortunate because mm-hmm. a lot of families, and I hear a lot of stories of people who weren't supportive. And I think once I started to really take dance serious and, and I think they really started to take it serious also. Well, I guess once they saw you be successful too, it was yeah. like, oh, I get, you know, you can yeah. make a living doing this. Absolutely. Or, yeah. it's, it's funny that, you know, it takes that to encourage it, you know, to be successful. But, I, you know, even with my nieces and, and even young dancers, I, I encourage them, do, do whatever you want to do. You want to play the flute. You want to play whatever you want to do. Because you never know what, mm-hmm. what, what may pop up. I would have never imagined in a million years that me from Omaha, Nebraska, would end up on one of the biggest Broadway stages in the world. Mm-hmm. Only because I took that one ballet class. Yeah. I took that one ballet class, and it changed my life forever. So when we first started in STEP, it was because we were finding it really hard to find programs like this out there. Programs that provided access points to becoming a choreographer. How do you get an agent? How do you get people to see your work? How does it all come together? If you're enjoying this episode, please subscribe to us on Apple iTunes. And while you're at it, you might also consider making a donation so that we can continue keeping these conversations going. To do so, head over to broadwaydancelab.org forward slash donate. Thank you so much. And here's to more dancing. So, uh, in well, we talked about this a little bit, but in reading your bio, um, it kind of it seems like most of your work has lived kind of more in the concert dance world mm-hmm. than in the theater world. Right. Um, but but you already mentioned your interest in narrative. So mm-hmm. is that? Is moving into the theater something you're interested in? Or? Absolutely, Nick. Okay. I'm so glad we, <laughs> we can talk about this because in, in, it's easy. It really is easy to when you're con, con, when you're in the concert world to stick there and stay there. Mm-hmm. But it has been my goal and my ambition to translate and translate concert dance sometimes into you know into the theater world. I think it's a perfect match. I really do. And, and you know there is traditional musical theater that there is but I think there's choreographers like Bill T. Jones and and Carol Armitage and Donald Byrd and those contemporary choreographers who uh, Garth Fagan Lion King mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who are able to translate their work to the stage and to the musical stage and I think it's such a great marriage because it's just storytelling mm-hmm. that's all it is so yes absolutely I would love to transition into musical theater just uh, to see what it's you know to see what my work looks like on a musical theater stage. Right. Yeah. Are you? How are you going about going after that? I, I think one of the biggest steps is networking. One also um, in the Lion King, there's we have so many writers who who are, are writing plays and writing sections to musicals and and doing workshops. And whenever they do it, I'm, I'm right there in the midst of yeah. it so that you know I can get my my fingers into everything Mm -hmm. kind of just saying yes all the time yes all the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you can sleep later you can sleep when you die right i I say yes to everything nick i do i really do it it you have to because one to stay current two two so that you're able to network and 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 get yourself out there you're a brand Mm -hmm. you know as a choreographer a freelance choreographer you are 
your brand and you have to you have to put yourself out there like any dancer any singer any you know any artist you you have to put yourself out there do you have a choreographic agent um i do i have a manager okay Rashad chambers yeah okay. i have a man he's um he's been working with me and um how did you get your manager um it was through another um she's a friend of mine rima webb she's a she's an actress and it was her manager and we introduced had a conversation with him i begged him to take me on and, mm -hmm. and we've been together for about two years now has it ever happened that someone has seen your work at gypsy and and offered you anything or yeah uh, yep absolutely gypsy i did this um um nymph um, oh right yeah that microwave that was one of the best experience for me and i have a this is not strange but it's amazing um, Graciela Danielle, me and her have a relationship because mm. she was one of the judges um, at Gypsy, and and I give her a call every once in a while, and I'll sit in and watch some of her rehearsals and mm -hmm. and things. I follow her career, and and we were able to have conversations. She gives me advice. Mm. She, she she kind of fell into my life. She's amazing. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, she is amazing. You know, I'm really attracted to the way she stages things. Mm. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's not the how complex the material is; it's how you move dancers around on stage mm -hmm. effectively, mm -hmm. and non-dancers also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who else inspires you? Who else's work? Mm. I contemporary-wise, I've always there was this choreographer, um, Ulysses Dove. He was he's always been my inspiration because, like him, I think that he does well with storytelling and i've also because of the fact that bill t jones was able to take concert dance and translate it into theater in a very intellectual way i've always been a huge fan of his mm. because i love the way his look work looks on in a musical theater setting because he's a storyteller mm -hmm. uh -huh. well let's talk about your your process a little bit okay so when you're going in to make a piece uh-huh well, first of all, do you usually, like, do you keep just kind of like a, a running, you know, iTunes playlist of music you like? Or how do you find Nick, your, you know, where does it start? I wish I could show you my iTunes. It's, it's like 5,000 songs. <laughs> Whenever I hear anything on, on TV or a soundtrack or a particular composer um, that I like, I'll just, I'll go ahead and buy it and just in store it. And then there's times when I'll spend weeks just listening to music you know, seeing if there's anything that inspires me. But my, that playlist, my choreographic playlist is huge. And there's every once in a while, I'll go back and revisit. I'll look at a piece of work that, a piece of music that I used before. And then I'll go back and do a different approach to it. You know, there's, mm. there's times when I use music twice and they look completely different. Mm. Um, but the playlist is huge. It's, and it's crucial. And then when you go in the room, do you like? Do you usually like to work alone and bring material in, or do you wait to work with the dancers? Usually, or? it's that. Yeah, usually that's my process. Usually, I have to map out in my head what what I would like to see. You and I usually come to the process pretty prepared. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Usually come pretty prepared, and then that way it kind of gives me leeway. So when the dancers come in, we can. Um, you know, experiment, you know, I, you know, I have a little leeway that way. And I think it's also important that I'm always interested to look, to see what my choreography looks like on other dancers, you mm -hmm. know, and explore that. Cause it's always very interesting to me because it, 
looks different in me or looks very different on my assistant than it does on, you know, other dancers. So I like to play around with that. Is it's that, kinda, did you work any differently with BDL? That was scary. <laughs> <laughs> that was so scary. And I even, I cheated a little, Nick, okay. because I came prepared. I said to myself, I said, my challenge was I was going to go to BDL and just go and just play around. But when the week started getting close, I got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started preparing some things, loosely preparing some things. Then like a week before, I got real nervous. <laughs> so I, I made sure that I had some phrases in mind. But once I got there, you know, and I saw the freedom. I said, okay, well, let's, let's scratch this and, and see if this would work. Or let's do it with two girls. Or let's do it with two guys. And it gave me that freedom. It was so much fun because usually that's not the way I would work. Mm -hmm. So being in that process was a huge learning experience for me. It was almost like you had to, it gave you a freedom that, I guess, like I said earlier, that you're not afforded as a choreographer. You can, just, yeah. you can go and do whatever you want. And if it didn't work out, I was fine. Yeah, I think too. What's what's different about that for for choreographers is that the dancers know there's no not a performance, right? So they're not thinking about that, right? Like they are really just there right. to play, right. and there's not that ego of like, well, I don't, I turn better on the right, right, you know, or, right. or I don't right. look good doing this. Exactly, it's just like, doesn't matter. Exactly, and it, and it was okay, you know, if they didn't get the steps, it was always tomorrow, you know. It was really, it was a freedom that really that you probably won't get anywhere else. What do you feel like is your biggest strength as a choreographer? Um, I think that my biggest strength is no matter what, I think I'm good at evoking a feeling. You know what I mean? No matter what it is that as a dancer, as a choreographer, as an audience member, um, it's always been my hopes and hopefully my strength that they walk out of the experience feeling something you know what I mean mm -hmm. and I think I do that well you know I want to be able to I always in the back of my mind I always say that I'm an artist first mm -hmm. you know what I mean and and if as long as I put that first I try my best always to put that first and hopefully it translates into choreography mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's probably one of the things that hopefully I do well, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And then what's something that you feel like you're working on? Working on. Um, I think, too, is being able to sometimes being able to be okay with mistakes and being, you know, things aren't always going to be a hit or, you know, it's not going to be right for everybody and being walking away from a process feeling okay about that, you know, and not being able to have to, you know, well, maybe this artistic director wants this, and maybe I should do this to make sure, you know, it's a, it's a lot of compromise that goes into play. And I, and I want to work towards being able to let all that go, you know, and just do what I do. And you like it, that's fine. If not, fine too. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a hard thing to do. Even as human beings, mm -hmm. you know, we're very hard on ourselves. That's one. Two, I think I would want to, I, you know, my next process, I would want to work with non-dancers, you know, and not because not, I'm afforded technical dancers who can do almost anything all the time. I think a, a huge challenge for me would be to work with, you know, dancers who are not dancers. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I move them around through space? I think that would be a huge and scary challenge for me. Yeah, it, I talk a little bit more about how you do handle that, the pressure of, I mean, it is a performing art form, so... You know, like, 
I think we all say, I just want to make, I just want to make what I make. And if you like it, you like it. That's bullshit. But I, feel, I know at the end it's of the so day. Bullshit. It's yeah. bullshit. I'm, so how do you process, my language, how do you process that for it yourself? It is so bullshit <laughs> because ultim- ultimately it, it is at the end of the day, you do want to be an artist and true to your work, but also a huge part of that, Nick, is that you're a business person mm-hmm. and you have to, there's a lot of people that you have to say yes to and you have to ultimately, you know, that, that, that you have to conform. I mean, you know, they're working within structures and standards and there's a lot of times when you walk into a process and you're not, it's not just your work. You're dealing with artistic directors who are, who are dealing with donors, who are dealing with, you know, you also have to pay close attention who you, you know, who you're, you know, who you're choreographing for. You know, colleges, you know, universities, companies, you know, they come with a, a certain style and a certain, they always, they always want a closer for me. That's one, one thing they mm. always get me for is the closer. Hmm. And you, whether, this time, I don't want to do a closer. I mean, yeah. I want to do something slow and melodic, but. Do they literally tell you we some, want a closer? Yeah, heck yeah. They wow. tell me that shit all the time. Wow. Ray, we want a closer from you. And that's the reason why we're hiring you, because we want a closer. We want this big old huge number. I want you to do what you always do. And, you know, there are times you feel like you're compromised. Well, what if I don't want to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, what if I want to walk in and do, have all the dancers be a light bulb or a tree? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, those are, it's a business. And you're a brand. And to protect your brand, you have to conform and know your audience, know what you're doing. You know, this. A lot of stipulations and contracts and things like that. But there's a, I would love to say I could walk into a studio and do whatever I want to do. It's not always the case. Everything we do at Broadway Dance Lab is in service to choreographers. With three lab cycles per year, a mentorship initiative, and our new summer choreography intensive, BDL continues to expand its reach and achieve its mission of supporting the creation of new dance. To learn more, Please visit us at broadwaydancelab.org. InStep will be right back. I would love to open up space for you to say anything you might have to say about ethnic representation on Broadway because mm-hmm. that's such an important topic oh, right now. Absolutely. And I'm curious, coming from The Lion King, I mean, that's a different experience than most are having in shows, I would mm-hmm. think. But... I'm, I'm curious, like, what you think about all of that. And- Nick, I am so glad we are able to talk about that. I think it's, it's so important because um, we, as artists of color, have unique experiences. You know what I mean? And our approach to a lot of experiences may be very different. And I think it is so important that the representation, not only but as dancers but choreographers and producers and I think it's lacking I do Uh, to be honest with you I think that it's lacking and I think that one we need to be given the opportunity and two I think it's important for us to make our opportunities for ourselves i.e. creating stories that you know are indicative to our journeys and our vantage points and you know those things you know as producers out there, I think it's important to create a more diverse Broadway because it is there. You know, I see it all the time. It's, you know, I guess that's just a, 
an attestment to you know who the producers are hiring and and what directors are you know who are their casting casting directors and things yeah. like that i think it's just it's so important to create because i think art should imitate life and um, especially here in New York, it's so diverse. Mm -hmm. It is, and that should be reflected artistically too, and on stage. Right. You know what I mean? I have a very good friend um, who shall remain nameless. Okay. Who we were talking about this one night, and and she said, um, you know, you. Sh she was in Aladdin at the time, and she was saying. Well, I don't know if I should get into that, but okay. I'll, I'll cut That's this fine. out. Okay. But, okay. but she was saying, you know, you would never go to Wicked and see it get darker, like the ensemble. Right. But shows get wider right. over time. Right. They do, they, and and I, I'd never thought of it that way, but it's totally true. It, it, yeah, you do. And, and, and I think that a lot of times as, you know, casting directors and choreographers and directors, once you're in the room, if you just recognize the talent and, and I think, or sometimes thinking outside of the box, that you don't, that this particular type of dancer or doesn't have to always fit into this track you know right. what would happen if yeah if it looked like this you know and i think that's when things will become a little more diverse you mm -hmm. know because like i said one of the beautiful things about new york is that it's so diverse and that's why people come because of the diversity you can see anything any you walk down 42nd street and see anything you want mm -hmm. and i think that should be reflected in our Broadway community too. I really do. I do wonder how you feel like there's this thing going on right now with West Side, this question of like, you know, should a should another white director be doing a show that has Latin, you know, representation in it. But it seems like the real the like if you want to make a change in that, then then go make work that does represent that. Right. You know, for so so what I'm wondering is do you feel like there's a lack of that work being made or do you feel like that work exists it's just not getting produced or yeah it could be a little bit of both mm -hmm. i absolutely think it's a little bit bit of both and i think a lot of uh some of the responsibility responsibility falls on us as um people of color is to create work that is reflected of our community or not only us but our our um you know our experiences and i think yeah it's a duality you know where i think that we have a responsibility and also um casting directors have a responsibility to create work or existing work making existing work more diverse mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think it's both do you think there's a lack of the community knowing like when when your kids do you feel like as as like an african-american child you're less aware that it's possible for you to do this kind of thing? Absolutely. I would have never thought this for me. Absolutely. Right. And from being from Omaha, Nebraska, absolutely not. But um, I think that what helps with that is like the intensives, you know, the intensive, the summer intensive where they are able to come outside of their communities and experience dance here in New York or in a place where it looks diverse, you know, where they'll see other kids that look like them mm -hmm. or they'll see other dancers that look like them. And, and realize, have their aha moment where, you know, I really can do this, you mm -hmm. know, and there are dancers who look like me. There are singers, there are actors who look like me, who are, are doing very well. Mm -hmm. And I think too, that we, um, not only as a community should encourage after school programs and summer intensives where they can get out and realize that 
I can be an artist just like, you know, the next person. Mm -hmm. They probably don't see it in Idaho. I I was curious to just (laughs) totally switch topics. I was um, curious that, you know, you're still performing and you're choreographing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel like they have to stop. Mm-hmm. you know or, or find struggle with that how how is that do you plan on stopping anytime soon or oh it's as long I, I get this question probably more than anything else oh. you know when are you gonna leave 16 years <laughs> when the hell are you gonna leave <laughs> and, and and i always say that as long as i'm having fun you know as so i can walk in there and still feel good about what i'm doing on stage one and two and as long as i'm having fun where i i don't want to be one of those old bitter dancers who are complaining about everything you know what i mean and as long as i can take care of my body walk in that and walk into that theater and feel good about what i'm doing on stage i'll I'll do it until i don't want to do it anymore yeah i'm i'm genuinely impressed with you that you have stayed as seemingly like happy and optimistic as you have because because i have to admit like i there there you know i was very young when i was on broadway i was 20 like two when Uh i was on and, you know, there are things I definitely look back on and like, I, I hope I would behave differently. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it, it definitely, I took it for granted. Uh-huh. And I, I'll never forget this night when I was, we were about to go out for, for bowels after show number like 800 or whatever. Uh-huh. And I just turned to my friend, Catherine, who's done a, lots of Broadway shows. And, and I was like, you know, said something, rolled my eyes like, oh God, here we go again. Or tomorrow's a two show day or whatever. And she just very calmly, she was like, you know, I know it feels right now like it will never end, but it will one day. The show will, yes. will close. Absolutely. And I, I've never forgotten that. And she was so right. And like, and then I went through a little bit of time. I left the show and then they brought me back a couple uh-huh. of times. And that was such a, a different experience because I had had a break and, and I knew there was an end. And I also knew I wouldn't be there forever. So uh-huh. I kind of, you know, was enjoying the time. And, and uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You, what, what, what would you tell your 22 year old self now? <laughs> yeah, I know. Back then, what would you, I mean, how... I mean, what what would you tell him mm-hmm. if you were sitting across the room? What would you say to him? I guess I would say to just enjoy it more. Right. You know, I think I found a lot of enjoyment, sadly, in, in life and in even dance after I was had quit doing it professionally. Really? I, yeah. I mean, I come from the ballet world, which right. is, you know, quite intense, as you right. know. Uh-huh. And so I spent many years, you know, just really being so hard on myself. Uh-huh. And then and then when I left it, I was like, oh, I, I just now I just love it and enjoy it, you know. Really? So so I think I think I would. Yeah. I, th- I mean, not to say that I didn't have any fun. I certainly did. I mean, uh-huh. I ser- and I really genuinely like every night before the curtain went up, I would close my eyes and I would say thank you, you know, right. and try to remember how it felt when I was on the other side right. dying to right. do it, you know. Right. So I, I kept that part of it. But I I think I just lost like the fun, you know, uh-huh. like I think I would I would tell myself like you're getting paid to play pretend. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. just Every have night. fun. Just have fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, really, it's not rocket science. It's really not. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Wow, it is, that, that's so interesting because I, you know, it's, you see a lot of dancers coming in at 22 and I always tell them, 21, 19, 21, mm-hmm. 22, and I always tell them, make sure you dance first. You know, dance, get, you know, all, all, go, leave the country, do whatever you need to do, dance first, because later it won't feel like this. Mm -hmm. It won't, Mm -hmm. you know, even beyond the physical part about it, but, you know, your approach to dance and, you know, 
your mental stamina and what you want to do any it all of that changes it really does mm -hmm. and i would encourage every young dancer to go out there and enjoy what it feels like now because it's going to feel different mm -hmm. physically emotionally you know mentally it's going to your, your approach to dance is going to change mm -hmm. you know and i think it's important that you experience it so that you're able to appreciate it mm -hmm. uh -huh. i think also that um sometimes it can start to feel like a business mm -hmm. you know and that that was hard realization like uh -huh. and uh but it was funny because and maybe you feel similar like i would all because i've really hopped in and out of the ballet theater world a lot uh -huh. and um and when i'm in one i always miss the other you know when right. i when i'm in theater i miss the kind of athletic dedication right. of ballet mm -hmm. like honestly i miss ballet the most when the olympics are on because really? it, that's what it felt like it, you know it, it, Right. Yeah. It and does. Uh, and then when I'm in the ballet world, I miss the the freedom of theater. Right. Um, right. And I think that's like we were talking about earlier. I think that that merge when you merge the two of those, mm -hmm. when you're able to, you know, where they're like carousel. Mm -hmm. Those those kids are dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You know, and that's a perfect example of how we could merge that and create beautiful, huge production type dance that you know that people want to come see you mm -hmm. know that's what really interests me mm -hmm. you know that those two worlds are they can walk hand in hand and do very well mm -hmm. so now i'll flip the question back on you what would you tell young ray I, I i probably would tell young ray that it is beyond the physical things because those are the things i did well the physical part of dance was really you know that that's what came to easy to me I would tell Ray how important it was to be disciplined. You know, how, you know, how far your worth ethic and your discipline would take you in this career for mm -hmm. longevity's sake. Mm -hmm. That, you know, everything just doesn't happen willy-nilly. You have to be smart about, you know, how you approach um, you and how you, you know, what I do on and off stage, well, you know, is a reflection of me. You know what I mean? I was just running around willy-nilly. Ah, I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. Ah, I can do this. I can do that. But um, there's a whole nother side, you know, a whole nother side of dance and the discipline. I would really tell Ray that discipline is so important. Sounds like we should, like, Flip. join together. No, no, yeah. right? <laughs> Wonder twins. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about for anybody out there that's, that's you know, started choreographing but is maybe trying to, like, kind of get their career started in that way uh -huh. or get their name out there? Like, any advice that you would have for them? I would encourage them to find out what their choreographic voice is, you know, so that they're able to convey that. But I went to high schools. I went to high school programs. You know, the first two or three years of me choreographing, I was choreographing for free for high school programs in Detroit and Chicago, just so that I could get my name out there. And then eventually um, the directors of the high schools would um, refer me to some colleges. I did, you know, choreographed on colleges. The colleges led to companies, you know, companies led to bigger things. But I would start off with summer programs and, and in high schools where you know you can play around and be okay with playing around mm -hmm. um like i said social media is another thing get some dancers together create some work put it out there mm -hmm. yeah. network you know can i you know i wanted to go in i um 
um, Ron Brown, I remember going in and asking if I could watch, you know, him create a work and, you know, paying attention to other choreographers and seeing how they're doing it. Yeah. You know, you really, it's important and not be scared to ask. You yes. really do, you have to, you know, and more, more than, I have never yet, when I, when I first started, not one choreographer told me no. You can't yeah. come in and watch. They'll tell you yes, absolutely. You can come and watch. That's that's yeah. the thing, and that I think that's so. I mean, that would be the title of my book. Would be it never hurts to ask. It never hurts to ask. But I. But it's so interesting to me that that can be really hard for people. It is. You it know. Really, and the worst thing they can tell you is no. And nine exactly. times out of time, they won't. Right. They will not tell you no. I feel like that's the best kept secret, and yet it seems so obvious. It seems so obvious <laughs> that it's. Just ask. I know. You can ask for anything. Mm -hmm. Ask for the world. And, and that's what I did. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I please? Would you be willing to? Please. Can I do this? You just got to ask. You really do. Totally. Well, Ray, it's, this has been awesome. Oh, Nick, I enjoyed that. Thank, thank you really so, did. so much. You were great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, I wish you the best. And I uh, can't so wait much. to see what's next for you. Thank you so much, Nick. <laughs> thank you. Uh -huh. InStep is produced by Broadway Dance Lab and hosted and edited by Nick Kepley. Be sure to find us over on Facebook and Instagram at Bway Dance Lab, and we'll see you next month.